Think about that for a minute. You know, we're all sinners. This, this place right here, this is for the people that regret what they've done. They want to turn from what they've done. And they want to give their life to God. Okay, now let's talk about um, why is it important to come to the altar? Okay, why do we have to come to this altar? Because here's, okay, you don't have to come to this altar. You can pray in your seat. You can pray at home. You can pray going down the road. You can pray anywhere you want to pray. But there's two things that happen when we come to the altar. One is you remove the pride that has come in between you and God. That's a big one. Pride is huge. We all have pride. Each and every one of us have pride in our life that comes between us and God that has to be removed. When we come to this altar, we're removing that pride. We're saying, I'm not too proud to come to you. Um, now let's read what, uh, what is said about pride in Proverbs 16, verse 18 and 19. Verse 18 said, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Okay? So, after pride comes destruction and then a great fall. So, we've got to remove that pride from our life. Coming to the altar, we can do that. Um, the second thing that you do when you come to this altar is you humble yourself before God. You humble yourself before God. It's not easy for a child, an adult, regardless of your age. It's not an easy move to make to stand and walk to this altar in front of a bunch of people. That's not an easy thing to do. You have to humble yourself to do that. And James chapter 4 and verse 10 tells us that um, James 4 and 10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So there you go. Let's come humbly to the Lord and let him lift us up. It's very important to pray when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. That's, that's a big one to me. Okay, when we're in church and the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, he's convicting us. Uh, if he's convicting us, hey, you need to go repent for what you've done. Or if he's convicting us, hey, why don't you, you want healing, don't you? You've been praying to me for healing, so go up front. Come to the altar, ask for healing. Uh, when, when you need a burden lifted, whether it's for a family member or a friend or, or for yourself, and the Holy Spirit's calling you to come to the altar to lift those burdens, let's be obedient and do that. Uh, and the big one right here is salvation. I can't tell you how many times, and you can see it, someone's being convicted, God telling them, you don't know me. The Holy Spirit is convicting you to come and to know Christ as your Lord and Savior and to change your life. And how many times, it's happened so many times, I've seen people walk out of here probably with every intention of going to their house and praying for salvation. But when they get there, the Holy Spirit is not drawing them in anymore. And then it becomes a hard thing to do. That feeling is gone. That move, that movement from God through the Holy Spirit is gone. That's convicting you. You know, this morning is not to uh, not to make anyone feel obligated to come to this altar. That's not what this is about. It's not to make anyone feel forced to come to this altar. You can't force people to do what God is telling them to do. It don't work that way. 
I can't go, no one can go grab people by hands and jerk them up here and tell them to pray. It don't work that way. That's not what this is about. This is so we understand how important this altar is. Uh, this is to help us understand that by being obedient to God when the Spirit is calling you to this altar, that's how we leave here different from what we came in. That's when we'll walk out the doors a better person than when we walked in. It's when we're obedient to God, we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, and when we're being convicted, instead of walking out those doors, we do something about it right then. Good word this morning. Good time already. Y'all excited to be here? Amen. Come on. One more clap. We cannot give God enough praise and, and, and thanksgiving for what He's done for us. We cannot. It'll never happen. Excited to be here. and I'm glad that you're here with us. Um, just a day where we can come and celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We can come and celebrate what He's done in our life. And then we, and we're going to celebrate... These, these, these seniors, these uh, graduating seniors here in just a few minutes. Um, but first, um, a couple other announcements that were not in the bulletin. Let me go over them. Um, there's a sign-up sheet on that back wall behind Pat on that bulletin board that's for men's breakfast June the 10th at 8 a.m. Um, I've got to get in touch with uh, a restaurant in Hartzell to find out if we can you know, have a room big enough. I'll do that today and, um, and make sure where we're going to have it at. I'd like to have it at like Town and Country um, there in Hartzell, something like that. So we'll, we'll announce where it's going to be next week. But uh, don't forget to sign up for that. Um, then most of you know there's some scissors in the back that are wanting to sell that just say it's God. And then she's got some towels in the very back y'all women know about. I don't, I don't know. Um, they're like $2 each if anybody wants those. But um, also... We mentioned about the art sale. That's June 1st and 2nd. Y'all realize that's not this coming up weekend, but the next, right? So if you've got items that you want to donate to the church for the yard sale, um, then we'll start, what, this Wednesday, this next week, um, bringing them in and put them in that back room back there if y'all got anything that y'all would like to donate for the yard sale. The church will sale, and, uh, and then we'll put that money in our building fund account. I want to announce, and I had it wrote down, and I forgot it, so we'll just say a roundabout number. Is that good? So with the money that we put in there, that, that uh, Ron put in our account last week, we've got 11000 or so dollars in there. And so that, that's good. You know, we had, we had quite a bit more, but year before last, you remember, we had to purchase new air conditioning units so we could sit here and not sweat, and then y'all could complain about being cold because I like it cooler in here than most people. And I have to hear all the time, it's cold. It's cold. That's why God made coats and long sleeves. Um, so you could cover up so I can be comfortable. All right. Um, but, uh, but no, we had to do that. And that was like fifteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 there we had to spend. But, but, you know, it's building back up. And, and thank you again for all the work that y'all are doing to help put that money back in there and, and raise that money so we can, we can do what... We feel God's called us to do, and that's, you say, well, how has God called you to add on? Well, you know, there's things we can do to make the church building nicer, to make it more appealing, to, to add more room and do different things to where, 
you know, I don't believe this is going to be it in here, okay? I don't believe you're the only people God's going to bring to Victory Fellowship Church. And, and so if, you're, if you believe that and you say, I don't like a big church, I'm not saying it will ever be thousands of people. I don't know what God's got in store. But I do know that as we go out and witness, go out and work in the community, work around our house, do different things, and share God's love, then they're going to see that they need to be in church somewhere, so why not here, right? Why not here? Um, so so we want to we want to continue to do that, but yeah, those yard sale items that we can we can do, and also it's a month away from Vacation Bible School, that 14th, 21st, and 28th of June. So if you have signed up to lead a portion of it or something, and there's others that did not are not leading that area that you want to help in, they still need help. Okay, those people that that are doing those different activities are not there to do it alone. They need help doing those things. So, um, Jenny, I think you had mentioned that each person leading something that needs help needs to meet with other people. I don't know how you want to handle that. But if you want to help with and help anyone, Jenny Fitzgerald can direct you to who you help with, right? You got something you want to say? No? <laughs> you look like you did. Okay. Are you good with that? Come see you if you want to help with Vacation Bible School. And not trying to lead anybody out from leading anything or doing whatever, but there's still places that people can help in those areas with with whatever is going on. I know Sarah's doing a science thing, and she needs help with that, setting things up or crafts or teaching a class, whatever. And, and then you can help with those things, and, and it will be greatly appreciated because we're believing for... For a good turnout this year, had a good turnout last year, but uh, more than last year. I know we'll have a food truck set up that we're going to be serving out because it's the theme is food truck VBS. So, um, and then the last Wednesday night, that 28th, we'll have a ice truck setting outside for for the little icy things for for all the for all the participants and stuff like that. So that'll that'll be good. Looking forward to that. Yes. Do what? Did y'all hear that? Each one of the groups need to meet together next Sunday. Is that right? Okay. I'll meet with Jeannie or Gabby and figure that out. All right. Amen. It's good to have our visitors here this morning. Thank y'all for being here. and glad you're here. Yes. <laughs> Um, let's receive our offering just now. Amen. 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 Doing what the Bible tells us to do and be obedient to His Word and, and, and give in obedience and accordance to Him and watch God bless us, okay? Not, not because we're giving money, but because we're being obedient, all right? That's, that's what this is about. Um, we pray this morning. We want to pray for Blake, um, grandfather Blake, uh, Bill Lowe. Um, they found out this past week that he's got stomach cancer, and so we want to be remembering him in prayer this morning for God to work and move in that whole situation in his life. And and so remember Bill Lowe in prayer this morning. All right, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this day and this time together, for your love and your blessings and, and your spirit just moving freely in this place, God, that we Open up, if we haven't already, if they, people haven't already, they just open up their hearts to receive from you this morning. Let the Spirit 
affect and, and, and touch their lives this morning. Whatever's going on, people will drop what they're doing and leave changed. And, and Father God, that they can be the men and women of God that we all can be that you've called us, Father. And we just thank you for it right now. God, we just ask that you be with Bill Lowe this morning, God, that you touch him. God, the doctors say that we know there's cancer there in his stomach, but we believe in a God who heals. We believe in a God that can still set free and still works miracles in this life, Father. And we thank you, God, that you're working in Bill's life, that you're touching him right now, God, that you bring healing to him, Father, that in comfort to the family right now, that they all look to you for strength and comfort in his life and speak good things. And, Father, they, they, they believe in that healing in your word. It's true and real working in their life. We thank you for it. God, as we bring our tithes and offerings, to you this morning, God, that you just touch and bless and, and just minister in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, again, like I said, we're going, we want to spend just a few minutes celebrating our graduating seniors. So I hope I embarrass them by making them come up here to the front. Does that embarrass you, Ashley? Will you, will you do it just one day for just a minute? I won't make you stand on stage. At least sit right here in the front just for a minute so I can talk to you. And, and Skylin and Cody, would y'all mind coming sitting right up here? Just for. Well, come stand up here with me, Cody. You've been hyped. You got something you want to say? <laughs> you going to stand up here with me? Okay. All right, come on. Lonely? Well, I'm not going to get lonely. But it's good to have Cody right here. He's, he's special. He's out of the three seniors, not special ed anymore because he's graduating. But, no, out of the three seniors that we got here graduating this year, I've known Cody the longest. And this young man has grown up a lot over the past several years. You know, it's, it's been a little bit from Pat beating him, I'm sure, to help with that. But, but no, he, he gave his life to God. He got baptized last year. You can see God work in his life and move. And we just, we love you, Cody. We do. We do. Thank you. Amen. You can still stand here if you want to. Okay, y'all are welcome to come stand up here if you want to, Skyland and Ashland. I know Ashland's just like all about it, I can tell. Twelve years. <laughs> Twelve years. <laughs> you can. I'm good. <laughs> um, but no, and I know you've, you've heard this. If you've been to a baccalaureate service, if you ain't been to one yet, you're going to hear it. You've done it. People's telling you congratulations. You know, I know back when, when I was a senior, and I was a little different than you. I was I was homeschooled for homeschooling was cool. So you know I I did whatever I wanted to all day for the most part, and and I say what I wanted to. I worked and cut grass during the day. So it was different my senior year than what most than what y'all have been to and a school and and all that. But we still had a regular ceremony and I got a diploma and that's credited and 
And, and so, you know, but I couldn't wait till that time. I couldn't wait until I got that, that piece of paper that's saying you finished, you completed something. You worked hard. You've worked hard these past 12 years to, to complete the task every day that's, that's ahead of you. Some of you probably didn't work as hard as you needed to most of the time, Cody. We all know that. Um, I can't speak for Iceland and Skyland, but I know you're normal teenagers, so I'm sure there's times. But, you know, your parents are proud of you. Some of you might be, some parents might be relieved like I was when, my, when our son graduated. It was not a time of emotional just, I don't want him to graduate. No, we wanted him to graduate. We did. Our teachers got tired of me calling every day, every week, wanting to make sure that his grades were where they needed to be where he could graduate. And, and so we, we couldn't wait for that day. But it's a sense of accomplishment. And so the question is, and I'm sure you've asked yourself when you're looking and you think you know what's next. You might think you know, hey, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. I've got the next five years worked out in my head, and I know what's going to go on. Well, tomorrow could bring a, a hiccup to that. You never know. Tomorrow could bring a change. So the question is, what now? So no matter where you, what, what goes on, whether you go to college next for a trade or, or you go right into work and you continue to do what you're doing and, and, and work as, as your life and you don't want to go to college. That's this, it's your choice. You know, we encourage people to continue their education, whether it's in a trade or, or school or something so they can learn and help and, and, and just better themselves in life as they go along. But, you know, you always need to know where wisdom starts and comes from. Because we all remember being 18, 17, 18. Nobody knew anything more than we did, right? And, and that don't stop till I don't know, 30 years old for most males anyway. They, they, uh, they know everything and nobody can tell them nothing. And, and, and so, but the book of Proverbs spells out exactly where wisdom comes from, all right? And where it starts. And in Proverbs chapter 9, it'll be on the screen. It says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. So she here is wisdom, if you don't understand. Just making sure y'all keeping up, Cody. You got that? It's not a woman. Wisdom is not a... Don't take this wrong, women. Here, wisdom is not a woman, okay? Not in this text. I done got trouble last week, so I got to watch myself. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest place in the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come eat of my bread, drink of my wine I have mixed. So I promise as you go along after graduation, you will lack wisdom. You will lack understanding a lot. And you're like, well, this is a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. This is a lot more complicated than I figured it was going to be. I didn't realize it was going to lead here. But you always come back to the Word of God and always trust in Him, then that wisdom will come. That understanding will come. And, and so, he says, Forsake foolishness and live and go in, a way, go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. And he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a wise man, and he will be increased in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
the fear of the Lord. So that fear is not, and I'm afraid or scared of God, that He's going to strike me down for doing something wrong. That fear is a holy fear that He is God Almighty. That He is a Lord of Lords. That He is the King of Kings. That He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Creator of all this universe, the One that gave you breath. He is that Lord. And so that fear of Him knowing that your life needs to be in His hands, in His hands only, is where wisdom starts. And when you understand that fully the younger in life, then I promise there's not an adult in here that's not been through what you're going through and what you're fixing to step into next that would say, if, if, if I was where I'm now when I was 18 years old and as bold in faith as I am now and, and know the Word of God as I do now and practice the Word of God as I do now, that my life would have been a lot easier at 18 than it is right now, than, than it was. There's not a one in here. But we don't want to hear that as teenagers. Because, y'all heard of this, I've heard this term here this past year, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Teenagers go through it. Adults go through it. You're afraid you're going to miss out on something, so you got to go with this crowd. you got to go do this. you got to go do this because you don't want to miss out. You're tired of standing. Am I talking too much? Well, you're moving. I don't want to get hit during the talk. <laughs> Clay loves it when I move around. Loves it. I wouldn't hit you, Cody. You can just walk with me. Be my shadow. So the fear of missing out, the fear of not getting to do something that other people are doing, well, that's not always wisdom. Wisdom is not going and doing those things that other people are doing that you know is going to lead to destruction. Sin always leads to destruction. And so the, the fear of the Lord is beginning the wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. He says, for by me, your days will be multiplied and your years of life will be added to you. If you are wise and you are wise yourself, if you scoff, you will bear it alone. So, so don't go into this next chapter in your life trying to do it on your own. All right. Whether, no, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter how you've been raised or what's going on. When you give your life to Christ and trust in him fully and, and him alone, and stop trusting on yourself. It says, lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Then that's what you got to do. It's not easy to live that life. Any adult in here will tell you that. You found out yourself in this short time you've been on this earth. It's not easy, but it's possible. It's possible. Why? Because we're all still here living the life that God's called us to live. And striving to live that life every day. And, and so the decisions that you make in life will, will be more important from this point on than there ever was in school, than there ever was in high school. High school, you had friends. I remember <coughs> Ariana's senior year. She had two or three friends that were mad at her all year. I don't know. And it bothered her because girls and just whatever. And I said, look, when you leave high school, you might have one or two people that you talk to for a few years. But when you get married, that part, that'll become less and less and less. And we all know that. So, so don't just hang everything on these high school relationships that you have right now. Okay? Don't, don't hang everything on them and think the world's going to stop if they come to an end because I promise they won't. I promise they won't because God offers more. So the decisions we make have to be first and foremost through Him and letting the fear of the Lord lead us that way into wisdom. So you'll come to more times now than you was in high school where you will lack wisdom and understanding and don't know what decisions to make or what are the best. But 
The book of James tells us where we can find wisdom. We read it here a lot. I want to make sure you understand this. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking, and complete, lacking nothing. So if any of you lacks wisdom, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. So everything in life that you come into, into and you're going into, whether it's job, school, whatever it is, don't know what to take, don't know which way to go, which, which classes to take, which career path to take, whatever it is, go to the Word of God and pray. There in here is, is, is devotionals. I know Cody and Skyland, there's devotionals. There's prayer for, prayers for men in here. Ashland, you've got a Bible and, and a devotional in here, a woman's devotional. So, so use those things. These are tools. These are tools. Just like the books that you get, the curriculum, but this is the best one of all, that you get that you got to have to pass the test and, and go through the courses and do different things. This is the one that's going to get you through life. This is the one that's going to get you eternal life. This is the one that's going to lead you to heaven. So, so don't, don't hesitate to go here. Because as we're going to talk about this morning, being a mature church, it starts now. Okay, no longer are people going to look at you just as a high school kid in school. You're going to be starting to look at it as an adult and have to make an adult decisions. So do things that honor and glorify God through those decisions in your life. Not glorifying yourself, but glorifying God. Amen? Amen. All right, y'all. Amen. Y'all give him a hand right now. Yeah. Come here, Cody. You can stand back up. I'm through walking around. Here you go, bud. We love you. Love you. Proud of you. Amen. Oh. Skyler, good luck to you, man, on whatever you're going into, bud. Thank you. All right. Amen. Appreciate you. Congratulations. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm not there graduating high school again. I know that. All right. All right. Well, children can go to children's church this morning. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, is he ever going to shut up? I don't care about somebody graduating. Amen. Everybody else can turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Last week, we started on a, on a, a, a sermon entitled A Mature Church. And, and we did lift women up. I did get in trouble for calling somebody crazy. They said I looked at them when I said that. Women are crazy. I did not mean to. I promise. She's not here this morning to defend herself, so she can't say nothing. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we did talk about women last week and your role as older women, teaching younger women, and, and, and letting you know and understand, if you forgot that, some women lose that, that there is a role and a place in the body of Christ and in the church for women. And it's not sitting on the back pew, just shut up all the time. Okay, that's, that's not what it's about. We have a place. There is something that you have just as much right in the body of Christ and just as much right to use the Word of God as any man alive. Okay, And God, God created man and woman. We read that. Male and females who created us. 
and created us the same, equal but not same. And I said, I said last week we're going to talk about, about men because the book of Titus talks about us men having things to do also. And, and I want to first say that, again, as Brad said, I love our men, the men that we have here. Thank you for doing and being who you are. I know we all have room to grow. We all have room to, to mature in our walk because it seems like, and maybe it's just me, okay, I still have a lot of immature tendencies in my life to do things that I know are not right and not I'm not supposed to do, and they're mature in my physical life as well as my spiritual life. And, and so, you know, it seems like men take longer to get to the point a lot of times than what women do. And, and so, you know, you can see that in 18-year-olds' lives as well as some 40-year-olds' life and 60-year-olds' life. You see it on the news every day. And, and so, you know, it, it comes to a point to where we've got to stop and grow up. I remember telling Gabby whenever our children were little and I'd play with them and act goofy and stuff. She's like, why don't you grow up? I was like, I'm never growing up. I'm never going to grow up. I'm always going to be this fun guy. Well, about, what, 30, 35? I guess I quit being this fun guy. Maybe because I started having teenagers in the house and, and things changed. But, you know, there comes a point to where, men, we have to grow up and mature. I don't mean we have to quit doing fun things, but we have to change what we're doing, especially if, we're, if we call ourselves a man of God and a child of God. We have to do things different. And that's not just for men, it's for women also. And and so I'll be honest. Last week, it was I was a little uncomfortable preaching. I didn't want to. Sure, you don't want to go into a message trying to and, and anybody get mad at you for what you're saying. All right. As a pastor, if I was an evangelist, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be here this week. I'd be somewhere else. But I'm a pastor, so I have to shepherd and and be over you. And so I got to see you every week. So I don't want nobody to be mad or t- misunderstand anything that I'm saying. The body of Christ is made up of men and women. All right. It's made up of both of us, and we have things to do. And, and Paul lays out what a sound church or mature church should look like, and it's both of us working together and doing things. So let's read again in Titus chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love and in patience. In love and in patience. We'll stop there for right now. Let the older men, all right, so even at 44, I I'm, I'm consider myself an older man, all right, I, I don't know of age. I told Mary this, look, this morning he looked good for his age, and, and so, and he does for a 65, 65, right, Marion? 65-year-old man, he looks good for a 65-year-old man. And I was telling him about Bobby, a lot of you remember Bobby and Franklin Johnson that come here, they're both passed away. But Franklin was 90 years old or something like that. And Bobby was in the nursing home. And I told him, was seeing her, and he told me how old he was. And I didn't realize he was that old. And I said, you look good for a 90-year-old man. And he looked at me. He said, you need to think about stuff before you say it. I was like, what are you talking about? How's a 90-year-old man supposed to look? I was like, I, I don't know. But you look good. I said, I hope when I'm 90 I can look at good and get around and still do things. But he got offended by what I said. But I didn't mean it that way. But, but you know, as an older man, there's things that we have to teach younger men. 
And and one of these in these areas, as far as sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, love and in patience, men in in America, I'm not dogging this church or the men in this church. Like I said last week, I'm not here to browbeat. I wasn't here to browbeat women last week. I'm not going to browbeat and kick down men this week. All right, I'm a man, so I know what struggles men deal with. Why, as a woman, you know, preaching to you last week and teaching you, I don't know all the struggles you deal with besides seeing what my wife deals with and, and struggles that she has in her life. And there's not many. She's perfect, so there's not many there. Her main struggle is probably me, and that's the stem of all her struggles. So I'll go ahead and get myself back where I need to be. All right. But but reverent and temperate and sound in faith. You know, I said last week that, that a lot of times that women, younger women don't look at older women because of a couple of things. One of them is that they can be crazy and they've had a lot of issues in their life and, and they don't want to listen to them. Well, it's the same but a little different for men. Young men look at older men that do all these crazy things and they're like, he is cool. <laughs> Young men, listen. If you're not of age to buy alcohol or tobacco, an older man that hangs out with you that is 10 to 15 years older than you or even that much and buys you alcohol or drinks and does all this stuff and, and, you know, it's just great with sleeping with multiple women all the time and all these things, that's not a good example for you in your life. He's not a cool guy as you think he is. And, and so, you know, it's not. He needs to grow up. He's an older man that needs to be teaching you the ways of God and not the ways of the world. And that's where we are today. We look at men like that. I'm like, you know, that's, that's a good dude. That's a cool dude right there. I like that. No, we all know as older men now that that's not where we needed to be in our life. That's not how we need to treat young men and teach them. Because, you know, it's not, you know, I've, I've seen this and Hollywood is bad about showing this and showing you know, it used to be they showed a man like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, right? We look at those and we're like, that's a man. It's a manly man. And now it's it's quite the opposite. They don't want to show those anymore. They go well, on the other end of the spectrum. And men are to be this other way and not stern and, and, and not not like we consider a male to be and not the head of the household, but the woman can be that and they don't need a man and all this kind of stuff. And so they try to push the man out of the home and we know that that's where a lot of the problems in life have come in this world and this church is by pushing the men out of the home and not let, and the men not stepping back up and being who they need to be. Because as I said last week, as women are nurturing and God instilled in them that nurturing aspect in their life, that motherly, that thing, men, a lot of times we can just walk away we don't have that instinct we don't have that in our life to where you know we can we can stay right there if things get tough and we don't want to think about things and do things well i need to go be by myself for a while i'm gonna go fishing i'm gonna go hunting i'm gonna go drive around i'm gonna go drink i'm gonna go do whatever i want to do because i'm a man and that's what i said i'm gonna do right do you ever had that attitude you ever seen that and and so we're not teaching them the way they need to be because and especially in this in this love we talked about love last week and showing emotions we said last women are emotional beings 
They live on emotions a lot of times, and men hide their emotions. We're, we're bad about hiding our emotions and how we truly feel because we don't want to be seen as weak. We've talked about this a lot. We talk about it on Wednesday night. We don't want to share, with, especially with another man, and let them see our weakness in our life because we don't want them to, we don't want to appear to them what, what we really are. And, and so, you know, I grew up watching John Wayne. Love John Wayne movies. Clint Eastwood movies, but it's more John Wayne because Daddy was, he had like three people in his family that were named after John Wayne. His name's Marion David because of John Wayne being Marion Morrison. So, I mean, we grew up watching John Wayne. But, you know, there's one movie. Anybody ever seen She Wore a Yellow Ribbon? Okay. So, some of you seen that. Do what? Yeah, I know it. Yeah, but... But there's a scene in there, and and two guys are, of course, fighting over one girl, and John Wayne's the, the, the captain in charge. Well, anyway, one of them's talking to him, one of the men, and he, he says, I'm sorry. He said, never apologize as a sign of weakness. Well, that's where men are. Instead of teaching our young men love like it needs to be shown in our house first, if you're a father of a son and you show love in your house as it needs to be, then there's going to be a time of forgiveness. There's going to be times of apologies. There's going to be a lot of times of saying, I'm sorry. But that right there is a mindset of a lot of men. I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. It's not me. I'll look weak if I apologize. Never apologize is a sign of weakness. I've remembered that since I was a little boy. Now, I've seen my dad. He didn't live by that. He apologized to Mama. Sure, they, they had their problems. At 50-something years married, you're going, you're going to have issues. And, and so, but he always come back and apologize for things that, that he said wrong or done wrong. So I learned that from him. And, and so, you know, apology is not a sign of weakness. Loving your wife and your children as you need to is not a sign of weakness in a man's life. You know, we, we make fun of other men for, you know, well, they're this way or that way, and, you know, you got to be here. And if you're not here, then you're way over in this other camp where we don't want to be. And, and that's the way we perceive men. And, you know, as I'm just saying in the area that I grew up, all right, and the men that I'm around. And that's the way we group men together. And if they're different, we'll say, well, he's not a real man. He's not a real man. He's not this and he's not that. Why? Because he might be a little more emotional than you. He might, he might share his feelings or emotions a little different than you. That make him less of a man. So our men, what we tie it to is what we perceive. We don't go to the Word of God. And there's nothing in here that says a man is the thumb rule over a woman or a household, does it? Leading is not thumbing and ruling over somebody. We're supposed to be the spiritual leaders in our home. We're supposed to be the one they can go to and come to with spiritual needs in their life. And they can look to as that spiritual leader. But, you know, we've lost that in society today because the world says we don't need that. Men themselves, we stay, men are selfish. Men are selfish beings. Stubborn. I know I get a stubborn streak a mile long from that one sitting by the back door. Gabby can tell you. Yeah, you don't, there ain't nobody behind you. Nobody. But stubborn, we're stubborn, we're stubborn beings. And, and God didn't create us that way, but men fell into that. 
with the imperfect lie of Satan. Because Satan, just as he told Adam and Eve, you can be your own God, men took that and ran with it. Because men, we come into a room with other men, if we don't watch it, we'll start sizing those other men up. Well, I'm bigger than that dude. I'm alright. You know, if a fight come along, then we're trying to see who we can take and not take. Like, there's a boy at work, there's a big old boy. I said, I will just shoot you. I know you got a bad knee. I'll kick you in your knee first and run and try to get to my gun before you get me. Because I don't want his big hands on me. And, and so, we look at that when we go into a room. Men think different than men. Or than women, right? I mean, they do. And, and so we look at things a lot different than women do. We see things on a different level and different area than what women do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we've looked at in our life and society, and even in the church today, filter down to where it's in, that's all we do. And so being moved by emotions, being moved by feeling, being moved by the Word of God, it's like, we can't do it a lot of times. Because as Brad was talking about, coming down here can make us look weak. And and make us look like, you know, we're not significant enough, or we've got a lot of problems in our life, or we're doing these things wrong and that thing wrong. No, as as Josh said the other night, he's like, Maybe I haven't been around long enough. You don't mind if I say this, do you? Hope not, because I'm going to anyway. He said, maybe I hadn't been in church long enough, but when I see people go to the altar, I think I don't think that they got a lot of problems. I think, well, they've been convicted by the Spirit of God or by the service or by the Word spoke, and they're going to get healed. And that's the way we all need to think. But as men ourselves, we don't think about ourselves that way because we know our own problems and trials and struggles. And And so... You know, as a body of Christ, we've got to rise up and teach other men and be these as older men. There's older men in here. We've got to be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, and love and in patience. I mean, you know, we've had times here to where it seems like more men have got mad. And I said men are not emotional. Men are emotional. Men try to hide it. But they can get mad in a minute. We've had more men, males, leave this church than women, I think, over the past several years. Because they got mad and didn't like something. It was a man that left here one time because we had money bags on our on our bulletin. And he said, if they're there next week, I ain't coming back. So they was there next week. And it was just talking about tithes and offerings all it was. It wasn't time to talk about money. But he got mad and didn't come back. Why? Because he got emotional about it. And got mad about it. And different areas and different things that people have left the church and got mad in the church because they didn't like it and started a lot of it's, a lot of it's men. We preach being a man of God and we preach doing these things. And I promise last week I knew what was going to be preached this week. You think it was an easy week for me knowing that I had to live a man of God all week long and come in here and preach to be a man of God? No, I seemed like I had more problems last week than I've had in a long time. Not with anybody else but myself and temptations in my life and, and different things that, that I, you know, know to this, know to this, you know, and just things in front of me that, that I had to deal with. Why? Because Satan doesn't want men to be men. He doesn't want you women of God to be women either. He doesn't want us to be a mature church. He wants us to get mad at those little things. He wants us to get mad at everybody else. He wants us to get mad because we're not this in church or don't have a title in church or don't have something else and never be the mature body of Christ that we're meant to be. He, he don't want us to be there and get there in our life. He, doesn't, he wants us men to, to keep 
acting like we're young kids. To keep doing all these other things. That way the next generation coming up, that's what they see. Well, Daddy never could get over these things. I guess it's all right. You know, he never done anything like that. You know, he, he, he done this, 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 and this. I was fortunate not to grow up with that, okay? But I know a lot of men in here was not. A lot of men in the church were not fortunate as I was talking about last week with my mom growing up to be a godly mom, but also my dad being a, a godly man and showing me those things. But does that mean that I live that way every day? No. Why? Because when I got these teenagers' age, I wanted to do my own thing. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I still wanted to do a lot of my own things and do it my own way and not do and, and live the example that was that that. I knew was in front of me the whole time. So let's read the rest of these verses right here in Titus chapter 2. So we read this last week. The older women likewise that be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that the one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. So we've got work to do in the body of Christ. We've got work to do here in this church. And, and we leave it on one or two people to teach a whole group. But it's not. It's each of our job to teach each other and to admonish each other and to lift up each other and to, and, and to work with each other. That way we can be mature Christians as God's called us to be. And that way we can do these things. You know, we, we, it's taught and we've taught it here that men, when they submit themselves to God, husbands, as the Bible says, and this happens more than not. But when us men fully submit ourselves to God, and, and submitting is hard for a man to do. Because when we submit, the, the definition of submit, let me go right here. Submit means to yield oneself to the authority or will of another. Men don't want to do that. Why? Because it's instilled we're our own man. I'm, I'm my own person. I don't want to yield myself to somebody else or doing anything else. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always been strange to me. Not strange, because I've done it in my own life. We say a lot of men not really submit themselves to God as they need to. They'll do it a little bit just so they can say, hey, I'm saved. But when you, when you get saved, whether you realize it or not, you have submitted yourself to God. You have submitted yourself to a higher will, a higher power. But then at times we go away from that, but we'll go to work every day and submit ourselves to somebody that's paying us, right? We'll submit ourselves for 40 or plus hours a week, however much it is, to bring that paycheck home for somebody for another man and submit ourselves to that. But when it comes to this, we don't want to lead our family in this. Men, we were created to be providers. We were created to be protectors of our family and providers of our family. That's why God, one of the reasons God created man, and He said He put them dominion over all this stuff. Fish of the sea, fowl of the air. And He said, you know, subdue it and replenish the earth. He said, do these things. So when, when He said, you, we're, we're protectors, we're providers. And a lot of us do a good job with that, 
with, with, with the physical aspect of it. But it's the spiritual side that we, we tend to strive, shy away from. Why? Because we don't fully submit ourselves to God as we need to. And we wonder why homes in America today and in the church are where they're at. And the men and women of the home are constantly in argument and limbo and, and, and just, just turmoil all the time. And yeah, it starts with a man because that's what God set it down. And sure, we preached here and it's taught here and we continue to teach it because it works. If the man submits himself to God as he's supposed to, fully yields himself to God, then more times than not, that woman will submit herself as she needs to to God and under the man. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. Why? Because we all know women just have, have just as much free will as a man does. Just as much free will. And so, when, when, just because a husband does that does not automatically mean that wife's going to come into place. Why? Because the wife tries to do that and has done it for years, and the man's still acting like whatever out there. So that's what they see. But that don't mean we stop. That don't mean we stop doing it. That don't mean we stop doing what the Word of God says. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul says here, I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. So that's me. Okay, the head of every man. We talked about last week. There's only male and female, man and woman, right? Chromosomes and how they make that up to make man and woman. And he says the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So, like I said earlier, being the head over something, ruling, leading, does not mean we're thumbing down and we get to boss everybody around. That means we've got to be the example that everybody looks at. Sure, have I failed at that in my life? Yes. Yes, I have. She's sitting right there. She can tell you. I failed at that at times. But I strive to get there back every day to where I stop failing at that, to where I stop stepping back, to where, to where I stay forward and I keep walking forward and keep growing in faith and keep growing in love to where I can teach my children, even though they're out of the house, now I can teach my grandson the things that he needs to see and what he needs to do in his life to help him grow whenever he's around me to where he can see example of what love really is and what a godly man really is. And and so it's it's a struggle. It's it's why? Because Satan doesn't want us to be godly men. Satan doesn't want us to be anything but what the world portrays us as. And if we look at Hollywood and every every sitcom that you see since what the seventies probably, there was a change. Men used to be men in the head of the household, and they looked to that man for guidance and for wisdom. But since then, it's been the man has been the funny one, the goofy one, the stupid one, the dumb one, the one that we all just walk over, and it doesn't matter what he says. Why? Because there's a turn. Because the home, the way God set it up, does not want to be in this world today. Because the way God set the home up with the man being here, God being here, man, woman, children, does not work in this world today. It doesn't work in the church a lot of times today. Because we get ourselves all out of whack. And, you know, they're not love. We Like we said last week, love is based on what you're doing for me or my feeling for you or, or what I can get from you. And we know men a lot of times, 
equate love for one thing. Do I need to spell it out or you men understand what I'm saying? And if they're not getting that one thing, then they, well, my wife don't love me no more. I can go get it somewhere else. I can go do what I want to. And that's their thought process. Because now, you know, in, in America today, and even in the church a lot of times, a man going out of his wedding or his, his marriage duties and just do whatever he wants to is, is, is rampant. It's common. It used to be one of those things that's like, oh, my goodness. But now it's not looked at that way. And, and it's wrong, and it should be. And I can say honestly, standing here in front of God and my wife, I've never done that. I don't understand why people do that. You know, there's other things that have plagued my life and my mind that are wrong, but that wasn't one of them. And, and, and so, you know, we got to, we got to get past these things in our life and, and not do them. And I don't believe we have men here that do that. I'm just, that just come to me. I'm preaching the Word of God, okay? Y'all just, y'all just hang on. I'm not calling anybody out for doing anything. But that mature church that we want to have, that one that we want to have here, has got to start by us older men teaching the younger ones what to do. If you don't have a son in your home, then there's plenty of young men here you can teach how to be a man of God. If you do have a son at home, if you do have a young child, continue to teach him how to, how to be that man, how to love your wife, how to say you're sorry, how to, how to be sound mind and sound doctrine, and do those things that God's called you to do, and not back up from that. Because they see that. They see those things. They, they, and, and you know, even my own son, everybody knows him. I talk about him a lot. You know, he's living a life that he wasn't shown at home and has for years. Well, why? Because he's got the same free will that I have. And he chose to do those things of this world, chose to live a life to where it looks like everything's just okay. To where sin is okay. To where doing these things with multiple women and having all these things are just okay. And, and so, you know, there's a couple ways, there's, I could handle that. I could just say nothing to him. Or I could tell him the truth of God's Word, as I do. And, and in love, and tell him that we love him and we're praying for him. And, and we pray for him, you know, every day to come back into that relationship with God as he needs to be. And I believe that it will. But young people, don't take that and don't take other people's examples like, well, I got time. Because any of us adults will tell you, you don't know what time you have. You don't know when you have. There's a guy that lived by my house. That I, He was an older guy for sure, but he's getting his tires done, the vehicle done up in Hartzell, and died of a heart attack. So we don't know. We don't know when our next breath will be. And, and so, you know, if you want to know that you're on your way to heaven when you leave this world, then learn from a godly man how to be a godly man and stay on that path. Stay on that path. If you're an older man here today and you're struggling on what you need to do and how you need to act, go to the Word of God and read right here where it says for you to be sober and reverent and temperate and sound mind. To where others around you can see that you're a sound mind and, and you can know how to handle these things. You know how to live this life. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, 
They used to no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. That, that we that are Christians to no longer walk as the world walks in today's terms. We shouldn't be side by side doing the same thing as somebody we know that has not given their life to Christ. And I, I, know, I know a guy that's an ordained preacher that believes in his head and his heart that he can go drink and do whatever he wants to because he says he's witnessing to those at the bar. Sorry. J.J. sings a song, or part of his song is, You're in the world, but not of the world, right? So if we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world, then why are we acting like this world? If we're supposed to be set apart and different, then I can't stand there, Boy, God loves you. Hey, give me another one of those right there. I'll take that top shelf, if you don't mind. and know every drink and what's going on. Sure, I, I have done that in my life. I have been by people knowing that what I was doing was not teaching them anything of how a man of God should be. Am I saying drinking is a sin? No. But I'm saying that I am not going to witness to somebody with a beer in my hand. All I'm going to say to them is I can still live and do whatever I want to and say I'm a Christian. Trust me, I played that field for years, okay? I know how it works. Y'all didn't see it on Sundays, but y'all didn't see me the rest of the week either. Again, being a man is a growing thing every day, just like being a woman and being mature is a growing experience every day. And you've got to learn and you've got to get through things where you can show others, hey, don't do that. Don't be that way. So not Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to all uncleanliness and greediness. But you, you, if you're a child of God this morning, if you're here this morning, it's you, okay? It's, it's still, this Word of God, this, this was written thousands of years ago, but it's still you today. It's still us today. He says, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him. As the truth, as truth is in Jesus. So that's what we believe today. You've been taught today the truth of the Word of God is in Jesus. The truth, the way to heaven is through Jesus. The only way to Him is through Jesus. Not through any of these things in this life can you get to heaven, but through Him. That you put off. What do we do when we put off? We take off. When you go home, if you change out of your clothes, you're taking them off. You're putting off. When you said, Jesus, Lord, in my life, you essentially put off that old man. You took him off. Now, more, more times than not, we're bad about slipping that old stuff back on so we can fulfill some lust in our life, some lust of the flesh. But he says, for you have put off that old man. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the, to the deceitful lust. Listen, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Remember, we've talked about the past couple of weeks, girding up the loins of our mind. Girding up, we all know what that means, man up. Be, be, be who we're God's called us to be. That you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, we want to be a mature church, a mature body. Where if you say, well, I'm just, you know, I just accepted God here. I'm, I'm just young in this. Sure, that's, I know we was all there once. We're all once young in faith. 
But there's no reason for somebody to be saved for, for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and still be young in faith. There's no reason for that. How are you going to teach others when you don't know yourself because you don't pick up the Word of God and find out yourself? How are you going to teach others whenever you're barely in church or you're doing these things that you don't want to work, you don't want to serve, you don't want to do these things, but yet you're supposed to teach somebody else? So, we all have a work to do in the body of Christ. We all want to be a mature church. But it cannot start unless we fully submit our lives to Christ. That's where it's got to start. Us giving our lives to Him, submitting ourselves to Him, saying, I don't want any of this old man anymore. Whether we got to take whatever wave in front of us. Sure, you know, there's times I have to, I have to take things off this phone. If I don't watch it, I'll sit there and look at Facebook for hours. You say, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing, but if it's, I know I've got a sermon to get ready for on Sundays, and I'm doing this on Saturday evenings, and not, not making myself ready to give the Word of God to you today, then I'm doing, not, I'm doing you an injustice. I'm doing myself one also because I'm not learning and growing. And that's just during the week. If I take this as my time to do other things, or whatever it is in your life that you put in front of God, remember it's going to be your God. Alright, that, that's just plain and simple. So put off that old man and, and be the man that God's called you to be. So, so don't, don't let these things of this life keep bogging us down and, and beating us down to where all we can see is ourselves. All we can see is our problems and trials. As we submit ourselves to God, older men that's got a generation under you looking at you, older men, as you submit yourself to God, they're going to see a change in your life. Will they follow it every time? No. But that doesn't mean you got to stop. That doesn't mean you got to stop growing and learning and learning how to be the man that you're supposed to be. So do that. Be, be strong in faith. Be strong in the Lord. And, and watch Him move in your life to where you can teach others. And we can be the body of Christ He's called us to be. We can be here at Victor Fellowship, a mature church, not bothered by all these little nitpicky things in our life that want to hurt our feelings or do all this. I don't want none of that going on here. I want us to be a mature church. Mature in the body of Christ. Mature in our faith. Amen? Amen. We all stand this morning. If you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life, man, woman, child, whatever, and we say it every week, today is the day of salvation. If you're here and, you've, and you know you've made Jesus your Lord and your Savior at one point in your life, but your relationship with Him is not where it needs to be, then the day's the day to where you say, I'm coming back in that right standing with Him. And all it is is asking God to forgive you of your sins, cleanse your life, and come back and make you whole. I mean, it's that simple. It's the easiest thing we'll do in life is making Jesus Lord of our life, saying that prayer. And then watch Him work and move in your life today. Don't, don't leave today knowing that you could have made a change. Don't leave today knowing that there's something in your life that you need to, you need to pray about. You need to seek God's face about. And, and, and cast off the chains that are holding you back and the different things that are, that are holding you back in your life from being who God's called you to be. As the music plays, just let, let, let the Holy Spirit Show you where you need to change in your life. Let the Holy Spirit work and move. 